Hey, what is up, Elevation? You doing all right? You doing good? It's good What's to up, see y'all worship with y'all. My name is Amir. I'm the pastor. Hey, if you're new, we just want to say welcome. We're not going to point you out. We're just so glad you're here. Elevation, can we give it up for any first time, second time? Guys? Come on, Daesh. We're glad you are here. That is for sure. You came on a good week. This is our third installment, third week of Loving Ain't Easy is our relationship series. If you missed the first two weeks or any of our podcasts, Guys, you can always go to iTunes and type in NLC Elevation, and you can get the audio podcast on there because our creative team is amazing. Let me tell you one thing, though, before we pray. If you have known or been around either Elevation or New Life Church on the weekend, we're doing the Year of the Bible. How many of y'all enjoying the Year of the Bible? Come on. Getting in the Word, the sword, man. It's so good. I want to encourage you with something, though. Uh, one of our pastors told us the other day, um, as a start of Sunday, we're 10% through the Bible, which is kind of a crazy thought, but that also means we have 90% of the Word left. So if this is the first time you're hearing this, what is the year of the Bible? We do a theme as a church every year. Or maybe you haven't jumped in. Maybe you've gotten busy. Maybe you've been hesitant. I don't know what it is. But just know you have 90% of God's word you could jump into today and get some of that. And let me be honest with you as your pastor. I, I've never, I've tried my best to get in the word, but I've read more in this 30-something days, the 10%, than I have in my whole life. And let me be really honest with you. I've read more in 35 days than I read all of last year. And I'm your pastor, and it's changing my life. And so this is not just something we want to do to, to check something off. We want you to jump in because we believe this is uh, something that was put on our pastor's heart, and we want to be obedient to God. And let me say this. If you're having a trouble, if you haven't got into the Word at all, I would say, what, how, what does two or three days look like? If you've got two or three or four days, and you're like, man, Amir, it's hard for me to do seven out of seven, what would five or six days look like? We're always talking about taking a step in God. So I just want to challenge you. Don't, don't let a month of discouragement get away. Hit refresh like Pastor Rick says. We're going to jump in. Can you do that? Cool. Hey, let's pray for uh, our night, and we're going to pray for another college ministry in town, and then we're going to jump in. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you, God. We thank you that we can come to a church and, and, and exalt you, Lord. And we, Lord, we do pray for City Church, their college ministry. We pray for Pastor Matt Hepp and uh, their, their interns, their leaders, Lord. And Lord, we pray specifically for their new outreach to, to the campus of CBC, Lord. And God, we pray for wisdom. We pray for favor on that campus. We pray for, Lord, just students would come and, and they would come and meet you maybe for the first time. Or, Lord, maybe they would grow deeper in their walk with God. So, God, we love that ministry. We're thankful for them. And, God, we pray you would bless them, their whole church. God, be with us tonight, too. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 I'm really excited. Hey, two quick things. We're going to give a, another date night pack away. If you, it, and this one's going to be better than last week. You're going to want to win. So all you have to do right now is go on Twitter. And if you just at mention Elevation Conway and then hashtag date night swag, date night swag, you could win. If you don't believe me, I'm looking at the prize right now. And if you're a guy, maybe it's a free day. You, there's money on the gift card. I promise. It's not a fake gift card with $0 on it. That would stink. But you can tweet that. We'll pick a random one. And then, as always, if you want to submit questions during this, we're going to do our best to get to them. I'm actually going to start with three questions that y'all have submitted in previous weeks. But this couple, they're married. It, it could be anything. It could be questions about singleness, a question about dating, question about marriage, question about whatever you want. You submit them in. We'll do our best to get to them. Cool? All right. Well, I'll introduce you. You said whatever they want. What, well, so you there's know. So no, there's no rules on We that? like no rules on Thursday night. You're about to end for a rude right. awakening. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean that. But please. We've had a lot of fun, Pastor Darren. Have we had fun in this series? Yeah, come on. Let's be honest. Okay, well, I want to introduce the panel, the Lawns and Browns, and I want you all to introduce the Elevation guys. Can you give it up for them, first of all? Come on, let's get louder. These are our pastors. They left their families to come hang out with us. It's a big deal. I want you all to introduce yourselves, how long you all been married, and what your role here is at New Life Church, please. Do you want to go respect and go elders first or young first? <laughs> he said elder, not older. Whoa, whoa, okay. All right. Okay, Luke. We're Luke and Angie Brown. Uh, 
we've had the privilege of being at New Life Church since day one. Uh, we haven't been on staff here since day one, but we actually got married two months before the service, so we've been married, for, before the first service, so we've been married 15 years and two months. So we are both uh, on staff here. I'm one of the pastors here in Conway. Um, I do a lot of things. I've been involved with the worship team for a long time. Um, my wife is very involved with creative and worship, and I don't know. That's who we are. How long y'all been married? How many years is it? 15 years and two months. Come on. It's my lucky number. That's great. That's good. 15. It's my lucky number. Okay. Pastor Darren, would you like to go? Yeah. My name is Darren DeLon. This is my beautiful bride, Marcy. And uh, we've been married now 24 years. And uh, we dated six years. So we've been together for a long time. 30 years we've been together. And uh, we oversee the entire church along with Pastor Rick and Michelle and uh, Marcy's also, she works with OBU at NLC. And uh, so anyway, it's a little bit about us. Boom, boom. Well, we are thankful for you guys here. Th I, I wanted them to start with just some advice they would give, because the rest of our time, they're going to answer a couple questions from last week, and then they're going to take y'all's live questions, so we want you to be tweeting those in. But, and guys, I, I want y'all to feel free. It can be a funny story. It can be a, a hard story. It can be something crazy, whatever y'all want. What's some advice you would give to us? Being younger, most people in this room aren't married yet. Um, we're all single, dating, engaged, whatever maybe. So what is some advice y'all would give? Don't hold back. We need it. Don't date. Okay. <laughs> See you later. All right. That was easy. We're out of here. All right. Just kidding. That's yours, huh? No. Okay. Okay. Browns, uh, you want to go over to Delon's Go ahead. Go ahead, Angel. I would say my advice would be um, to, uh, as a person looking for somebody that could potentially just be someone you date for the season or for your future, look for somebody who is teachable now and who will be teachable later um, so that you can grow together. But Luke has teachable from God. Luke said, you mean teachable from you or Luke doesn't have God? a mic right now, but he would like the mic so he can tell you what not to do. Luke, we can you, I think there's a story that we'd all love to hear, maybe about when y'all first got married, and I think it'd be great for tonight. I will tell one story just to go ahead and take the lid off of the night. Um, <laughs> I used to be a knucklehead. I'll start with that. Um, so in year one of our marriage, I forgot to tell Ange that her grandma died. Oh, man. <laughs> no, can we hear the story, though? I know there's more yeah, to the story. Share it's, the story. Like, so what happened? Like, phone call and you didn't tell her you know just Friday night she died and I, it's it's okay now it was 15 years ago um it was like our first semester of marriage I was a student I was working really hard on a presentation Friday night someone in my family calls and we're really old so we didn't have cell phones then anyways it was like a landline yeah so um they called Luke answered got the news and Monday night my sister called Monday night Friday night is when she died, and said, hey, are you going to be here tomorrow? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, for the funeral. And I said, what funeral? And Luke said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the funeral. She did die on a Friday night, but I got the message in the middle of the night, Friday morning, or Saturday morning, so to be fair. Wow. So a little, well, There's the no guys, excuse, a little, sorry. What not to do? Maybe communication is what we're trying to say is the root of that. Communication. Uh, Delons, do you have maybe some advice? Yeah, I would say uh, this will be a little bit more, I guess you would say, spiritual. I, know, I guess since we're in church, but we talked a lot about this in the sense that, uh, especially when you're thinking about dating, there, there's two things we always talk with young couples about. And one is to, to understand you're complete before you date. 
And, and I think that's so important for, for young ladies and, and young men to know that, you know, your identity is in Christ first. And, and, I, and I think that's so important as you go into a relationship because if not, you're going to put more pressure on that other person to be something they shouldn't be. And that, 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 you know, you don't want them to take the place of God. And then the second thing that we like to talk a lot about, and, uh, and this is from, from learning this, is you better deal with your junk before you start dating. And uh, if not, it will carry on. And uh, I had a major anger problem. Uh, I'm Cajun, all right, those that don't know that. And uh, Cajuns at 13, you, you start wrestling alligators and do some really crazy things. Uh, but not only am I Cajun, I'm a DeLon. And so the DeLons were known, known for their anger issues. And anyway, I didn't deal with that. And so when we started dating, I brought a lot of that junk into our relationship. And so early on, she didn't know what to do with me. I mean, because I was, I was a hothead, uh, very controlling and all that. But the reason now, when I look back, I didn't deal with those things before the, the relationship. So I think it's very important that you get honest with yourself, uh, especially if you're dating someone before, to know that, hey, I got some issues I got to deal with. And, and I think get those things dealt with through Christ, and uh, it'll definitely help the relationship and void some of the craziness that, that we had to go through early on. I don't even think my son knows this, but it's about to come out. Um, You're welcome. Don't, You're don't fight and drive off. Don't ever drive off. I'm probably the only person in here that, and I wasn't driving, we had gotten in a major fight, and so we were taking off around, like, we get in my car, and we're... I remember, I had anger issues. <laughs> and, no, no, seriously, I take, so we're like, she's like, we're leaving, so she and I jump in the car, and we're heading out. He comes flying across this neighborhood, like, jumping people's fences, and is in the middle of the boulevard, and she nailed him, and he went flying over the hood, landed in the street, and I'm like... You just killed Darren. And she's like, I don't care. And she just kept on going. And we didn't have cell phones or anything. I'm like, Roland, you have to turn around. You have to turn around. She, it was like 20 minutes later. And finally, she's like, okay, we'll go see if he's still on the road. So I'm the only person who probably ever, quote, ran over her boyfriend. But actually, it was, I wasn't behind the wheel. I was just passenger. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> passenger, we're going to start calling you the Terminator, man. It's okay. <laughs> just gets up and just... That's incredible. Please, I never want to get hit by a car. Um, that's really bad. L let me ask it this way, and this is a little more spontaneous. Okay, just up ahead, could you give us some marriage advice? I know most of us aren't married yet, but is there something, a couple things, or something big that you've learned in marriage? I know y'all have been married for a while that you would be quick to tell a newlywed, but we're not newlyweds in the sense we're, we're going to be in that season one day. So would you, what would you say to someone who one day it's like in their future marriage? They're already married. Here's some wisdom. Yeah, I know. I put you on the spot, didn't I? I would say, um, I don't know how you, how you guys, what your experience has been here. I'm, I'm hoping that you really value Elevation and value New Life Church and having that life-giving atmosphere in your life. For me, we met in a student ministry at UCA, and it was before New Life. And it was the first moment that I came out of an unhealthy family, and so did Luke. So we didn't have fathers that were really present or healthy in our lives um, and just a lot of damage in both of our homes, broken homes. And so being exposed to a life-giving ministry was like a breath of fresh air and it was like 
this is, this is so amazing to feel the way that I've always thought that my life could be like or um, how, I could, how it would feel to have God in your life in a really tangible way. So it was awesome to have that feeling. Um, but I, the advice I would give is for us, it's like we, we had a taste of the goodness of God, but we didn't have any of the practical, um, the practical steps to walk it out because we both had come from really... Um, rough past, and we didn't have good examples in our family. So I would say something that you have an advantage now, and I don't know what homes you've come out of, is that you already are in a place where it's breathing life and it's breathing health. And if you can take advantage of that and connecting to people who are who have health coming out of their homes and learn the practical ways because for us, just being exposed to it wasn't enough. It was the actual tangible teachings of Pastor Rick. I mean, we had some issues for sure. And Pastor Rick spent like a, a year, <laughs> like I think he got really frustrated with us for a while, but he spent a year trying to tell us what we needed to work on. And we were really hard-headed about it, but it's like it was so foreign to us that just the healthy relationship was so foreign to us because we hadn't come out of that and it's so amazing now to look back and to think we've been in this atmosphere for 15 years and now this feels normal this feels real to us we go home or go to some of our family situations and that feels so weird to us it feels so surreal like we don't identify with that we identify with this life and it's just because it's we've been in a god-centered atmosphere and we've been teachable and learning so I would say put yourself around people. You want to be like that family, be around them and um, learn from them because it's just important to have that community. That's great. That's great. Luke, you want to? No, I didn't know if you want to say something. That and communication. Um, If a family member dies, tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What she said about being teachable, I mean, We've all, we all hear what's the right thing to do. I mean, we read the word, and you know what's right and what's wrong. But not only being teachable, but be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. And be willing to swallow your pride at home if you're arguing. Um, don't go to bed mad. Um, we've been married 15 years. We still, every day I learn something new. Every day. I mean, we, we still have our arguments and our differences, and it's a learning experience your whole marriage. It's not like... Dating's hard, then when you get married, it's easy. Um, I feel like every year's new challenges. I mean, just harder challenges sometimes. So um, just stay teachable and stay in the word and stay in your small group, stay around friends, people that will tell you the truth and people you can trust. It's really good. It's really good. We talked the first week about just the need of wisdom, whether it's someone farther along, friends that they're going to give you wisdom that aren't, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in our emotions and it's hard to see blind spots. Delance, you have something to say? Yeah. I would say even on that line of talking about wisdom, uh, Marcy and I, we, we both had great parents. We grew up in very healthy homes. But for us, really, I mean, our, our, our entry into marriage, we, we were by ourselves. And uh, we didn't do premarital counseling. We didn't do any of that. And we were, we were in the ministry. Uh, we were in school full time. We were working another full time job. And man, we didn't have anybody to speak into our life about balance. And so, uh, we thought you just give up everything. Well, there's a lot of times I look back and say, man, if I could do it over again, there's no doubt I would have said no to a lot of things, but I also would have took care of my wife more early on. And, and I just think that's so important. When you're looking at dating, that's great, and you're going through this, but when you get married, uh, I wish I would have had a man tell me that the most important relationship outside of my walk with God was my wife. 
because I thought it was going to be heroic, you know, to do the ministry, to work hard, to do all the things that we did. But uh, if you're going early into a marriage, I think you need to, you need to really enjoy that time uh, with each other. And uh, the good thing is, God's so cool, we're honeymooning now, you know, on the, on the, after 24 years. Come on. You know, to look back now, it's like, man, we're falling more and more in love every day. And uh, my kids, I got a few of our kids in here, they could, they, could, they could definitely share some stories about all that good stuff. So, but anyway, I would just say, you know, really focus in on each other that first year and make sure you have balance. I think that's important. So. That's great. Ms. Marcy? Yeah, I would say um, after being married that, first of all, that marriage is sacrifice. Um, that scripture that says, look not to your own interests, but look to the interests of the other that that is really what marriage is and that's what family is and to walk in grace. Um, you know, you think that, you know, you're dating, but when you get married and you're, you're sharing the bathroom and you're sharing the shower and, you know, you have different ways of doing everything, just walk in grace. Um, that's really important. And, and then just your communication. Um, you know, I'm not the best at it. Darren and I are both very strong-willed, hard-headed type of people. Um, we, it is what it is. And so, um, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, but in that, that's what's so important is to give, to give and to give and give. And then your communication. Um, we have a saying in our home and it doesn't always, it's not like this every day. It wasn't like this today in our home at moments, but let our words encourage one another and build each other up and not tear each other down. And I think, you know, we'll get more into that, I think, later on in the evening. But I think just the communication and sacrifice and serving is what marriage is all about. It's great. It's great. See, write that down, fold that up, put an envelope, and give it to your future spouse. It's great. Okay, we're going to answer three of your questions from the previous weeks. I looked at the questions, maybe questions we didn't get to. One of these questions was posted both, both weeks. And so the first one to the panel, it says, and I'm going to make this either gender, how do you effectively make sure to keep God as your number one while dating a godly guy or being pursued or dating a godly girl being pursued by a godly guy and keeping his or him or her number two? So how do we keep God first? We hear that a lot, but we, we have a hard time knowing, well, how do you keep God first and then keep this person your second? Maybe some practical steps or what, what looking back y'all do now, what would you say? Well, I can say uh, when Marcy and I first started dating, uh, the cool thing is we, we both got saved. Uh, so for us, keeping God first meant being very involved in ministry. Uh, now, again, I went overboard in different things and overcommitted in a lot of areas. But I think for us, having an identity in our purpose outside of our relationship as far as serving God, it kept God first. Uh, so we were able to both be very involved in our student ministry and uh, we each had a different ministry that we did, but that, that kept God first, I think. And then there was times, too, where we had our own kind of little deal where we would always want to spend time with each other. Um, but then on the weekends, we kind of made a little pact where we, we would only spend two, two out of the three days, Friday, Friday night, and then we had Saturday night we wouldn't spend together, and then we had Sunday we would spend together. And it was just to keep that balance. Uh, and that was just something that, again, when you start dating, you want to spend every minute, every hour, every evening together. And for us, keeping God first, man, let's make sure we, we give God priority on that. And uh, it's not easy, though, because you do want to spend every moment together. I was going to say, that just kind of keeps it healthy, too. I just, 
looking back now, because we were, it seemed like we were together 24-7, and then, you know, after three or four years, we, Rick pretty much told us is what had happened, that Rick was like, y'all need, y'all are way, together way too much. <laughs> and so um, we did do that, but looking back now, it was really great because I was able to take time to be with my family that I probably otherwise would not have. And looking back now, I cherish that time that I had with my parents and my siblings. Because um, when you get married, you're married, you know, and you just can't go home and hang with mom or dad and all the time and do that kind of stuff. So um, the other thing is, is, you know, back to Christmas, we had talked about Jesus being the center of it all. And that sometimes, you know, we look at things as God first, family, husband second, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that is just every day, are you keeping Jesus, are you keeping God at the center of the relationship? Because he's got to be right here. And if he's not right here, then it's not going to be balanced. It's not going to be healthy. So um, even more than God first, second, you know, however we're prioritizing people is keep it at the center of what you're doing. Just like you should keep this at the center of every part of your life. That's great. That's great. Well, you have any of that? Are yeah, I would echo exactly what Marcy said, keeping God in the center of that dating relationship. Um, I would say... It gets really hard when you are dating. You want to spend every moment, like Darren said, and it's really easy to get off on the side with that and hide out and just with you two. But if you're in a life group, I would say get. if you're not in a life group, find one. But you have to have, a, as a guy dating, you have to have a group of guys around you at all times that will look you in the eye and ask you, are you keeping it pure? Um, how's your walk with God? Um, just ask you the tough Great. questions. If you don't Great. have that, you've got to find it. I mean, that's all there is to it. So, Okay. We're going to go to the second question because these, these two questions from the previous weeks are so good, and then we're going to go to the next ones. This one is just, we're going in the spiritual strong. It says, how important is the Holy Spirit's guidance in your relationship during the dating season? This was asked both weeks, so I felt like it was very important. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge question. Um, you know, one of the things that we, early on in our, our relationship, because we dated young, uh, I actually wanted to get married when we were 16, and uh, I knew her dad would not let us do that. It's Scary. weird to wear a wedding ring in the soft, in your sophomore year of high school. I'm like, no. It's Louisiana, y'all. Anyway, I was like, man, let's get married, but because I want to get married, because again, let's, what's Because <laughs> it's like, man, oh boy. keeping this thing pure and all that. I'm just gonna tell you guys, that was not easy. Uh, oh, and so the Holy Spirit. Here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. And we do talk about this. We, 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 we were even talking about this even today, about, man, what would we do if we didn't have the Holy Spirit in our life? Because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you. And I think especially in a relationship, we knew that, hey, if, if we keep it pure, but the thing was we couldn't do it on our own. It had to be the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's so critical that, you know, that we're led by the Spirit. And the Bible does talk about that. It says those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons and daughters of God. And, and the key there is the Spirit versus the flesh. Because the flesh wants to act out. The flesh wants to lust. The flesh wants to be angry. The flesh wants to be jealous. The flesh, I mean, we can go on and on all the challenges that we have in our relationships. But being Spirit-led is definitely not easy. But having that Holy Spirit, and here's the thing that we had to learn, is we had to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit shares something with you about the relationship or the Holy Spirit convicts you of something in a relationship, I just encourage you always to, to respond to it quickly. And so uh, the Holy Spirit 
everything in our relationship, even to this day, uh, it helps us. I remember one time, we were uh, getting a little more personal, but uh, we were going through some things, but, but in all this, you know, her brother had a really rough time, and he, he got in a really bad car wreck, and he was pronounced dead on the scene, and man, it's just a lot of stuff going on, and, and I'll never forget, I, I didn't know how to do, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you talk to your girlfriend about that? And I'll never forget, you know, she wound up staying with us at my home. And I just never forget just, just putting my hand over her and praying for her. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I began to minister and just speak things into her life that, that I didn't know. And it was all the Holy Spirit. So it's not just convictions and all that, but it is speaking life uh, in each other with the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to add this in. Whether you're married or dating or whatever, um, just don't try to be their Holy Spirit. Ooh. You know? Um, the girl said, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, you know, just don't try to be their Holy Spirit. I would do it, and he would tell me I was a chihuahua. Oh, oh, you know, I learned that, you know, just back off and pray a lot of times. You know, you, you do have to speak life into people. I mean, you're, you're best friends. You have to, as iron sharpens iron, that's what we do. But there are times when God's asking you just to back up and pray and let him do the work. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just remember that's his job and not yours. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Browns, follow? <laughs> uh, something that um, I thought about when I was younger, I had certain visuals of what I thought that our lives would be like or my life would be like even before I met Luke. And um, I, don't, I know that you probably all do in a sense. And so I would just say that if you can think about what are those things in life like if you, want, if you know that you want to walk your life out with God in the center, you want him to be a part of every, your everyday life, then make that a core value to you right now in your dating life before you date someone and then as you date someone. So, for example, like if you hope that one day you have a spouse that you can pray with, that you guys both feel spirit-led in your family, that you guys have values, that these are the things that are important to us. Think about those now and practice those now. Because I remember Luke and I, we, we both were craving this life with God being the focus. We didn't exercise a lot of practical stuff. We didn't pray together a lot before we were married. Um, I, we, we didn't talk a, about a lot of things. Um, and I just think that whatever those things that you want to walk out in your life, that you want the, the outcome, make sure that you're thinking about those on the front end and not compromising those. Um, and then just with being Holy Spirit-led to me, I think about the moments that we've walked through something difficult. I don't know anyone who partners with someone in life and who doesn't hit a rough season. I mean, you think about your siblings that you grew up with. There's no way you went your entire childhood without fighting with them because you're sharing the same space and you're frustrated with each other and you just have conflict. And I just know that, you know, we had some conflict early on. We're going to have it again. Like, we're going to deal with it again. And there's going to be rough moments or there might be something that comes against our family. And when there's those moments, you have no words and you have no wisdom in it. It's when the Holy Spirit takes over. It's when you need his voice and his guidance and the peace of the Holy Spirit to, to walk you through those difficult times. So, That's great. That's great. Okay, third question from the pastors, and we're going to hit this week's. I love this question because it, it, I would ask this question now today before, but if, if I'm pursuing a girl or if I'm being pursued by a girl, a guy, I dated in the past and we went too far physically. So maybe in this relationship, 
they rekindled or I'm in a new relationship and in my past I've went too far physically. How do I go about pursuing or being pursued the right way now that I have matured and grown in my spiritual walk? So I've gone too far physically in the past. I'm, try, I'm trying to live maybe in a different way and I don't want that to be, but man, the, that had happened and I'm trying to be pursued or pursue now. What would you say giving wisdom to that? Um, I would say you definitely, if you've got, I mean, we've all got past. I definitely have a past. Once you take that to the altar and give that to Christ, it's done with. So you have to be able to give that to the Lord and then move on confidently knowing that he's taken that from you. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have consequences going forward and things you have to deal with. So if you're in a new relationship and you have that past, I go back to what I've said already. You have to have accountability around you. You have to have a group of people, uh, girls or guys, um, not just to keep you accountable, but you need to seek out someone older than you that's been through the situation and have them mentor you, um, go through some just some freedom prayer. Um, I still have things. I'm 37 years old. I still have things from my childhood or my growing up or even early on and dating before her that, that pops up in my mind from time to time. I have to deal with that on a regular basis. I know it's forgiven, it's gone, but there's still consequences to my past. So I have to be able to sit down and say, hey, Pastor Darren, can you, this is what's going on with me. Can you pray for me or what's your advice for this? So, I mean, I think it's very important too that uh, going into that relationship, you've already talked about accountability. But I think it's very important when you, when you look at it, if, if we've gone too far in a situation, remember God is a God of a second chance. But it also is using wisdom as well. And so if your identity in the past was giving yourself, your body, or whatever, going too far, you got to make sure that you realize who you are again in Christ and that you're more valuable in the sense of who you are, not what you give or not all that other things, but that... So I think it's very important going into it is have that confidence that I'm going to do this relationship differently. And, and I just think it's very important if it's the same person. In other words, if both of you have the BC days before Christ and y'all are in a relationship and you know you've crossed the line and you've done you, you didn't, you know, things that you never would have thought you've done, remember, we're, we're new in Christ. But here's the thing. You still have lust that you deal with. You're going to still have temptation. So the best thing I know, if it's people that have already been in a relationship and they're coming back, I think it's very important you get wise counsel. And we're talking about accountability, but I'm literally, I'm talking about sitting down with a couple and saying, look, being honest with them. This is what we've done in the past. We want to make sure you're asking us the right questions. Because again, a lot of older people, if you don't, if you don't ask them for questions, they're not going to give it to you. You know, you got, you got to pursue that. You have to pursue accountability. But, but I would definitely say, remember, there's, there's, you know, don't feel shame and guilt from the past. It's under the blood of Christ. You move on. You're a new person in Christ. But don't forget, you're still human, and the enemy wants to come in there again. So, uh, so anyway, just accountability, like Luke's saying as well. And I just want to say, if you're in a relationship right now, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, if they only knew what happened last night, um, you know, his mercies are new every morning. You know, there's a quote that I like that, you know, today is a new day with no mistakes in it. Um, so, hey, you know, his mercies are new every morning. You can make a decision tonight to make new parameters in your life. Um, and when he washes white as snow, it's white as snow. So um, it's kind of like, you know, Pastor Rick, and they keep saying with the one-year Bible, you know, if you get off the bandwagon, just get back on, you know. So 
no condemnation. Yes, be wise, but his mercies are new every day. That's great. That's great. And one thing I would add, um, just from being around y'all's ages, I would, if I'm a guy, I would initiate this, but I would have that conversation beforehand. Or like Miss Mars saying, if you're in the relationship, guys, I think we need to initiate. Or girls, it's sad if you need to, but if you must say, hey, I think we need to talk about just maybe some boundaries, what we're going through. I know that's such a taboo thought, and it's kind of weird. The world says that otherwise, kind of do whatever you want. But I think it's when you've made a decision beforehand, you're going you're gonna to play defense on getting in those situations, or we're going to do our best not to. We had made it beforehand because when we're in the heat of the moment, I kind of talked to you last week, sometimes our body are going to respond to what we respond to. So when you're in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to say, okay, stop. But if we're going to make a decision beforehand and not even go there or not even be in these places or not even uh, spending the night together, whatever it may be, and I've been there. I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying I think when you – Make it, you get on the same page and make a decision beforehand, it's going to help tremendously. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, well, we ended up here again. Why did, how did this happen? Well, this, this is going to happen every time. Okay. And Amir, I want to say that's one thing that Darren and I did because we did date six years before we got married. And Ooh. so that was a very long time. Um, but it's possible. A long time. Um, but in that is that we did discuss it. Like we said, okay, this is my va- these are my values. These are my convictions. Because... The word says that when one is weak, the other is strong. And God can really work it that way in your relationship. So when I was weak, he'd be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, remember what we talked about? And then vice versa. Because it's, it, those moments are going to come up. The, the temptation is going to come up. And so if you discuss it and you're like, hey, let's hold each other accountable to this. This is what we want. Then it's preparing yourself before the situation. I have some practical advice. Please. If you've messed up and it has been focused around a couch and Netflix, then don't end up in the same spot again with just the two of you. And I just say that because Luke and I, for sure, like in our dating life, we had moments where we messed up for sure. But always when we were with a group of people or we would reset boundaries, and we did, we would reset boundaries and say, you know what, this is something that's really important to us. And I just think that if, if that is something that you struggle with, but you still want to date the person, you're going to have to set boundaries, but not put yourself in the place where the boundaries don't matter again. And if it happens to be a couch by yourself, an apartment, and Netflix, then don't do that. Like, just avoid that and hang out with people all the time. So that's the practical. That's not from the Bible. Right. I heard a, I've heard a leadership coach say they're like rumble strips. You know when you're on the highway and you go off a little, it's like, rah, 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 and you get really scared? <laughs> Or you, you do it on purpose if someone's asleep in the passenger seat. You're like, watch this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just dozed off. It's rumble strips because what the strips are saying is, hey, be careful. It's not saying you've messed up. It's saying if you keep going this direction, something's going to happen that you don't want to happen. So we're going to develop these rumble strips. It's kind of like the same thing. And it makes a funny noise. So you're welcome for that. Take that out of the podcast, please. Okay, question from today. These are live, guys. Live, ready to roll. Where is the line between waiting for the right person and becoming too comfortable with being single? Maybe this is more of a female, uh, but it could be a guy, I guess. Waiting for the right person and becoming too comfortable with being single. Um, And let me say this real fast. This was a question a couple weeks ago. If you want to be single and you don't feel like God's laid marriage on your heart right now or in the future, you're fine. That's you and the Lord. Someone texted in a couple weeks ago and said, can I not be single? You can absolutely be single, guy or girl. You know, whatever you want, man. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that, but a lot of people dream to be in a marriage one day. And so the difference in the two, what would y'all say to that? It's a zinger, I know. Waiting for the right person or becoming too comfortable. We've stumped the panel. I think you should wait for the right person. That's 
That's, that's the only advice I have. So what would you say in the waiting period then? Uh, for a oh, girl, let's waiting. go that way. For a girl, okay. ladies, okay. what would help in the waiting period? Um, I, I think it could, and I don't, know if the, I don't know if this is good advice. It can be very consuming and um, set a lot of insecurity and just fears and, and doubt and um, unnecessarily, unnecessary emphasis on, um, on trying to find the right person if you focus on that all the time. And so um, I would say find something else to put your attention to, something that is breathing life into you and not like, sucking that out of you. I, I believe in praying for your spouse. I believe praying that God would give you your heart's desires. I, I believe that God has um, a person for those people that have that desire. I do, but I, I think that it's a lot. It can cause a lot of harm um, to a girl who is constantly dwelling on that and not living in the moment that God has for them. Um, so just obviously being in prayer, but also not letting that suck the life out of everything that you're doing and suck your thoughts out of your head for sure. So. That's great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess we're speaking, you know, for me speaking to the, the girls is be who you are, you know, develop yourself Ooh. as a develop woman. Yourself, develop girls, yourself, girls, come on, no, tweet that. You know, develop yourself as a woman and as an individual and pursue what God has put dreams in your heart um, whatever it may be, um, and you just go run towards life, you know, head first, full force, and then, you know, other people have said, and then when you see somebody running alongside of you, hey, there you go, he might be it, you know, but um, don't put expectations on others that you wouldn't even be able to hold up to your, for yourself, you know, sometimes Ooh. I've seen checklists that girls have of, this Ooh. is who I want for a husband, I'm like, well, I don't know where Mr. Perfect's coming from, you know, because I've never met a man like that. You know? So, um, you know, don't don't put too high expectations on your checklist. You know, we're all human. You said checklist, and the guy said, "What checklist?" Oh, and we all got really girls scared. Got, girls, girls got we're going to work out, guys. Group workout after this. Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sorry, you didn't say that. Um, Hey, and I've heard a lot of my best friends, I've had a lot of best friends who are married, all my best friends are married before me, but some recently married, and all of them, guys, and I know this sounds so cliche, they've all said she was worth the way, or, or she, uh, the wife said he was worth the way, and, and if you believe that God's a good father and he's going to provide, I know that sounds crazy, but I wish I could have brought 10 of my friends here, and they would grab the mic, and they would say, yeah, I doubted, I compared, and then God brought them, and then it was like, wow, Lord, and I, I felt like I was repenting forever, because I was so overwhelmed by how great this person was, and they were worth the way. So I would say, hold on. I know that's cliche, but I think it would help. Okay. How have you balanced the pace that, this is a great question for New Life Church staff. How have you balanced the pace that life can give you while continuing to pursue your spouse? Ooh, hitting a wound on this one. <laughs> Ministry sometimes gets out of the 40 hours a week. I don't know if you knew that. It's probably about 38 hours a week. And so that was a joke you didn't get. It's, it's sometimes over. <laughs> they didn't get it. It's okay. But how do you manage, guys, in your marriage, the balance of life? work, pace? I feel like we need to watch a panel on this topic. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, this kind of goes back to what we said earlier. If you've messed up in the past or blown it in the past, restart every day. Um, <laughs> y'all, it is a struggle for us. Um, we have two little girls. Um, we are in full-time ministry, and man, it's very, very, very hard to keep consistent date nights and pursuing each other. Um, 
and having intentionality between each other and not just, it's almost like a checklist. It feels like sometimes, you know, you pass each other in the hallway, like, hey, how was your day? But it really is, a, I mean, being honest, it really is, you have to, you have to every day make, I have to every day make a commitment and say, I'm going to make time for this. I'm going to, as the man, I'm going to set the, take the lead in this and I'm going to pursue her, take her on dates. Um, and it's up to me as a leader of our family to, the pace, her, she's, she's probably busier than I am, so it's really hard. She's very strong-willed, so it's hard for me to make decisions for her. But as the leader of our family, it is on me. I have to find margin in our schedule. I have to make sure that we're spending time with our kids, and I have to learn. The hardest thing is to learn to say no. You guys are all very busy people. You're in school. You have your, everything you're involved in, but you have to learn to say no to good things to do the right thing a lot of times. So, and I, You know, I think it's very important, too, that you don't wait till it's too late. You know, I, I used to be a, a bull, man. I, I would work and work and work and work and work. And to the point where, for me, it, it affected my health. To the point where I waited until it was, it was, in a sense, almost too late. But God gave me a second chance on that. But, you know, I, I think a lot of times when you realize what's most important in life, it's not necessarily your career. It's not necessarily all these things that we think of. But, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, it is the relationships. And so I think Luke said a lot of that is learning when to say no and what to say no to is very important. I think this generation, uh, we're all guilty of this, but especially you guys, it's like we say yes to everything. You know, it's like let's just yes, yes, yes. And you even see it in the church, you know, where, where there's so many opportunities for y'all to serve, so many opportunities to do some great things, which is that's great. But if you say yes to everything, then it's going to be hard for you to value the relationships you already have in your life. And so there is a balance, there's no doubt. Um, but I do think, you know, something that was asked to me, uh, Pastor Rick and I, three years ago, we were, we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and we were sitting down at our breakfast time, and it was, uh, it was Jimmy Evans, Robert Morris, and Rick and I. And Jimmy Evans looked over across the room, and usually, man, when you're, when you're hanging around with pastors, you want to talk vision, church, all these great things, you know. And guys, we always got vision. But he leaned over, and he, he looked at Rick and I, and he said, What's your wife's dream? And he's like, what? Let's talk church. Let's talk shop, you know. Then he says, what's your kid's dream? And he said, by the way, what is your in-law's dream? And I'm going to tell you right now, that changed my whole schedule. That changed everything. In three years, our life totally changed because I wasn't thinking about myself. If you don't take time off, again, Pastor Rick just spoke that this past weekend. We're, tell, we're kicking God out saying, hey, we're too busy. Your way's not our way, God. So I just think it's very important when we say how busy we are. If you value someone, it's going to be shown in the relationship. It's going to be shown in the time you spend with them. So anyway. Because, um, like I said, we, did, we did, have not gotten this right for a very long time. And I'm like he said, I'm glad that God has put situations and people in our life that have kind of shaken us up in the last three years. But um, one thing is just to remember that your value is not in what you do, but who you are. Because so many times we're driven by that, that our value is in how much we can accomplish or serve, in, but your value is in who you are. Not just for yourself, but who you are to your family and to your spouse. And like I said, there are a lot of times we have not done this right, but I can tell you for my next 43 years, it is my top priority that I want my husband 
and my kids and my grandkids to really be um, number one. And then I'm, I'll, I'll go for whatever else God has in the process. So it's keeping that priority. That's good. That's good. Okay, we're going to go to a little lightning round. We have about a little over 10 minutes, unless y'all want to go longer. And then I just want maybe one person to answer these, not to put pressure on you. We just want to get to a lot of these questions. Um, I love the boldness of this question. How can I get over being scared of rejection when I don't feel I'm the most attractive person? That's a hard question. But sometimes, whether it's our personal opinion of our looks uh, or what the world says is attractive, and so I don't know if this is a guy or girl, but maybe we're intimidated to pursue or be pursued based off our looks, what would you say to someone who's scared of the rejection side of that? So maybe it's a guy. Maybe the guy's perspective. Sometimes it's hard. I did this the first week, guys. Y'all asked questions. I looked at it and tried to answer, and I was like, ah, tomorrow, girlfriend date. Darren's so good looking, he wouldn't know how to answer this. So, Well, I mean, that's, I used to tell everybody, I, I'm, I'm not conceited. I'm just confident. I mean, that's just... <laughs> He was conceited, and I did not have that problem. Okay. Um, you know, oh, Lord. Um, honest, oh, rapid fire. Okay, so really and truly, it's, it goes back to what we've been saying all night. you just got to know who you are as a person, and who you are is not what you are on the outside. Um, I went through a lot of really bad stages in my life, <laughs> you know. I'm like three sets of braces. I mean, the whole bit, you know. Um, it comes down to you got to love who you are. And when you love who you are, God's somebody who's, God has somebody for you that's going to love you for you. Um, you're never promised. This is just a shell. Okay? So you just got to love who you are, know who you are in Christ, know your purpose, seek it out, and then God's going to bring somebody you He's going to love you just as much as you value yourself. That's great. Hey, let me say this. Let me call out myself and then all the guys. Guys, we've been in Walmart, the mall, or somewhere, and we said, how is that guy with... Finish the statement. How is that guy with... Don't act like you've never said that. I've said it a hundred times. That was that guy. How the freak is... I'm just kidding. Uh, Is this a joke? I'm saying all that. No. Why? Why? Because I'm not confident. I'm insecure. This dude is confident. He walked up to her, whatever he did, or he was really good at juggling. I don't know what he did. Maybe he has a trade. I don't know what he did. Maybe he's the best. I don't know. I'm not going to make jokes, but it's true. He probably was very confident. And what is that? That comes from our insecurity. And now we're comparing, and then we're judging a guy who probably has done it right, who probably is treating her like a queen. And us guys, we look at her and say, well, I feel like I'm more attractive. No, no, he... He believed in himself. And guys, like we said the first two weeks, there might be girls you pursue, and she says no for whatever reason. But then you're going to come across a girl that you're going to treat her like queen, and she's going to say, yeah. And, it's, and the looks might be the beginning, but it's not going to be the thing that keeps the relationship going. Christo said, hey, the looks fade away, but the character grows day by day. Maybe it was my friend Seth who says that. You can tweet that later. That wasn't for me. Okay. How well should you know each other before you date or even go on the first date? So some people go on first day. I know of this person. I walked over. Some people I've known for years, and I ask, how well... What, do you, do you, is, there, is there a line to how well you need to know someone? or Miss Angie. Well, I mean, I, I, Darren. Darren. <laughs> yeah. I'll answer that in the sense of, again, it, it depends on what your expectations are. You know, I think too many times the first date, we put so much on it. Uh, everybody has different beliefs on what dating is. But if, if we would look at dating as just simply friends hanging out and getting to know each other on that first date, then I think there's no pressure on on all these different things. Uh, if you are looking to pursue somebody, I do think before that first date, it's important not to ask questions around the people that know them. Though. I mean, definitely get, get advice from other people. 
But not in a manipulative way to see if they like you or not like you. Okay. Some, I did that, and it was a fail, guys. Don't do it. So, okay. We good? Man, you want to feel Okay. Next question. Sorry, my, my chair was so squeaky, I thought you could hear it through the mic. I was done. I was done. Um, this is from a lady. People talk about being led by a guy a lot, but, that, but what's the line being led and being timid? How do you know when to be led and when to be a leader? And I think almost a girl, I know some girls would ask either, how do I be led, but also not be the pursuer? <laughs> Darren said, Angie, okay. you strong. So Answer we struggled that. with this because I have a really strong personality. And I, t- I don't know if you guys have done personality tests, but when I took a personality test, I came out a strong D. Um, and yeah. Uh, and he's not a D. He's, you're an S. Is that right? His S is pretty high. And so, and um, my family is extremely verbal, and um, a lot of times people can consider people who are verbal to be strong leaders and people who don't speak to not be leaders. And that, to me, was absolutely a lie that I thought was true. So we had a lot of problems early on because I verbally communicated everything. So I, I felt like I was the leader. Um, and then when he wasn't communicating, I felt like he wasn't leading, that he was just being passive. So I would just say if you have any, like, thought that maybe somebody who, who doesn't speak up or doesn't communicate well isn't a leader, I think that's a myth. For us, um, Luke is really awesome to allow me to use my gifting. And I've had to learn how to use it and how not to say everything that I'm thinking um, there's a, I wish everybody could read some of the side thoughts that I have, and I've, <laughs> I try to take those under control, but um, I just, I came from, a, like I said, an unhealthy family, and um, one of my parents was very verbal and very much a D personality and very destructive with his words, and um, it took me a long time to get over those and to understand how to use this whatever, I didn't even know it was a gifting, I thought it was a flaw because I felt some of that same stuff rising up in me, and I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. And then also, for Luke, when we first got married, um, we didn't have conflict before, by the way. We just didn't talk about anything. It made it easier. So anyways, when we got married and started having conflict, I kind of went into that um, that personality, that natural instinct that was from my family, where I started like yelling and screaming and just griping, and I was really, he says, that he has a lot of good comebacks in his head, but I said all of mine out loud. Um, and he didn't say anything. He would just stare at me, which infuriated me even more. Um, and so I do remember, though, the, the, the first real fight when, I mean, I was, like, laying into him and being very verbal, and I, he didn't say anything back. And it was like the silence was incredibly loud because all I heard was my own voice. And it was like I was my dad communicating all over again, and all I heard was the hurt that he had inflicted on me that I started to inflict in our marriage. And it, I'm really glad he was silent cause it, um, because if he had fueled it, we would have kept going because in my family, you just kept at it. So anyways, um, that first experience in our marriage caused me to realize that I have to draw a line in the sand and I've got to figure out a way to, to, to move on from that. And then I just feel like New Life Church um, for me, me being able to see people who could lead and um, take a gifting like that and, and help me use my gifting. I mean, I've, I'm learning. I still have a lot to learn. But um, like Pastor Darren and, and Pastor Rick, like they've given me um, small opportunities to be able to use my leadership. 
And with each of those opportunities, my goal is just to be really faithful and um, to do it well. And then they've given me more opportunities and more opportunities. And um, now I feel like that my character somewhat matches. It's a little bit easier to lead now because um, I feel like my heart is a little bit more pure in it than initially. And then with Luke and I, like, he's just, he's great to lead, but he allows me to lead. If he was really um, insecure, then he would have a hard time with me being able to step up and speak out whenever I'm stepping out and leading. But he definitely leads our home. Um, and for sure, like, he feels pretty confident if he needs to say, hey, I need to take this one. And I know, okay, I know how to, you know, do my best to serve our home, and I know how to, how to step back and let him That's take great. the reins. And it's really refreshing to have a man of God lead. Um, and I used to think that I didn't want that because I was like, if somebody else is leading me, then I'm going to have to submit. Because my, my dad Ooh. used that word a lot, submit. So. Ooh. Anyways, it's really awesome when you can um, use your giftings and leadership in a godly way. Boom. We're going to do a couple more. I want to ask this question because I feel like this is just really good. Y'all have a good background. What's the best way to discuss or bring up tough subjects or topics? I would even say, especially when you're dating, it's like you get into it. And it's like, how do we even bring this up? Because you're right. Angie said some people are the, I want to talk about it right now. And some of you, I walked away. Please don't talk to me. I need 30 minutes. And then those communication styles hit. So what did y'all learn? What's advice you would give to a dating or someone single getting ready to date? How do I bring up tough subjects, arguments? How do we, how do we I guess it would be healthy confrontation is what I'm really trying to ask. Yeah, I, I would say don't, don't avoid the confrontation. I, I see that a lot of times in relationships where people avoid the straight up, here's the question, let's deal with it. And then sometimes you see people kind of back up. I do think you gotta you gotta respect people in the way that they respond. Some people don't respond immediately. Sometimes you do have to give them a little space. Uh, but I do think it's very important that you have healthy conflict in relationships. When we do premarital with couples, if they hadn't had an argument, then we're gonna say you're not ready for marriage, straight up, because that you don't know how to approach each other with conflict. And so I do think it's being you know honest with one another. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I know for, for Marcy and I, we don't have an issue with, with conflict. That's, that's for sure. Uh, we're, we're both high D personality types. Uh, but one of the things in conflict where we know no matter what, by the end of the night, and this is something that, that we've, we've been able to do for all the years we've been married, we're not going to bed angry with one another. And uh, it, that became a core value since day one. And uh, we might duke it out for a while. But there's no doubt we're going to have to come back and, and make up and make out and all the other stuff. Amen. <laughs> make up and make out. Tweet that too. Make up and make out. And just real quick with that, that is something that I had to learn because in my type of um, confrontation style, I like everything, just lay the cards out on the table, turn everything face up, and let's talk about it right then. And I realized that Darren, because of his background, he needed, I did not realize this for a very, very long time. Um, that he needed some cool off time. He needed some space. And so I'd go around chasing him like, no, we're going to talk about right now. And, um, and that was not good. And so um, I think that to talk about your, your styles of how you need to, to deal with confrontation when you're not in the confrontation. So if you're dating, you know, talk about, you know, does confrontation bother you? Does it not bother you? What do you need if we have an argument? Talk about how you would like it to be brought up and dealt with 
when it's not a heated moment so that when it comes to that time, you're respecting each other's personalities. Boom. So good. Okay, we're almost out of time. We're going to take two more. Is that okay with you all? Is that okay with you all? Okay, don't fall. Okay. This one's loaded. Um, but I, this was, I need to hit practical. So I think it'd be Luke or Pastor Jeremy says, how does a guy pursue, in quotes, because we hear that cool churchy world, a girl the right way. I think they're going to need some practical, maybe do's and don'ts. Um, we've talked about this a little, but we hear that a lot. Well, how does a guy the right way, the right way, what would you say are some characteristics? Maybe it's a character of the guy pursuing the right way. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to say I'm old school on this. Uh, there's no doubt. If a guy, if you're asking a girl out through text, you're weak. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, girls, if a guy asks you out through a text, don't even respond. Let, let, them, let them sweat. Let them freak out. All right. Listen, guys. Listen. Y'all look at me, all right? We got to get back to personal interaction. And so I think it's so important. Listen, if a guy wants to pursue you, he needs to pursue you personally. And what I mean by that, it's personal interaction. A text and all the social media junk and all that stuff, you know, that is weak. And I'm just telling you guys, if that's what you're doing, it's, it's weak. And I just encourage the girls, don't respond back to it. Because I'm going to tell you, I have a daughter. And one of the things that I have always taught her is you will be pursued by a guy. You're not going to pursue after him. Period. That's just that's how we've always been taught. And so I do think guys personally go after the girl. Uh, and, and I think it's important to understand, what does she like? You know, I mean, I, again, I'm old school. I mean, it's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open her door. I'm going to pursue her. I'm going to give her things. I mean, she likes chocolate. I'm buying chocolate. I messed up. I used to buy her roses all the time, and then she finally told me she don't want roses. And I said, I wish you had told me that years ago. <laughs> you know. But I, I, do think it's, I do think it's important, ladies, Amen. that you are pursued. And, and, that, and the guy, he's the one taking that first step, not you, uh, because you're valuable. And, and I think one of the important things about that is, too, is uh, it still goes back to daddies and daughters. Some girls, you are daddy's, daddy's girl. Some of you girls in here, it, it wasn't like that growing up. But I do know this. Ultimately, a lot of times, girls settle for whatever their dad was. So, if you're a dad and you're a daddy's girl, well, you, want a, you want a guy that's going to be pursuing you like your dad did. If your dad did not pursue you, a lot of times you see girls, where they do? They lower that standard and they just go for anything. And that's where I think it's very important. Healthy dad and daughter relationships are great. The ones that aren't, I'm just telling you, make sure you wait for that guy. Don't, don't settle. So... Yeah, we're, we're going to end on the drop mic on that one. Hey, can you give it up for our panel, guys? Come on. <laughs>